This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, for our final podcast before Tuesday's election, we speak with the very first guest on the show, Chris Petzl. She is the leader of Indivisible Washington's 8th District, which is my Indivisible group. We talk about the group's achievements over the years, including flipping its congressional seat from red to blue. And we also discuss what may lie ahead post-election, no matter the outcome. That's it. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. We are here. This is going to be my final uh, podcast before the election. And so I feel like it only makes sense to talk to the person who is my very first interview on this podcast. Uh, Most of you at this point recognize Chris Petzold. She is the founder and leader of Indivisible Washington's 8th District. And over the last four years, her group has become nationally recognized for its many, many, many achievements, so much so that there is a passage about it in uh, Ezra and Leah's book, We Are Indivisible. So I thought that we would talk about the last long, 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 almost four years, and, and but then also about what may lie ahead. So um, real talk, how you doing? I'm okay. Thank you for having me, Stefan. It's a it's a huge honor to be your first guest and now your last one before the election. And I'm 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 doing okay. I'm uh, really tired. Yeah. Um, having a hard time sleeping. Yeah. I don't think I'm alone in this. Um, I don't know whether it's anxiety or hope or fear or all of those things um, wrapped up in one. Yeah. But uh, I'm fine. You're not, you're not alone. Um, I, I myself am a combination of uh, spitting rage, uh, debilitating anxiety, complete exhaustion, and I'm so with you on the uh, insomnia thing. Um, sleep used to be my friend. I don't know where it yeah. went. but uh, So look, yeah. um, for posterity's sake, and everybody watching this live knows, we are recording on the eve of the 2020 election. Um, we have been working, as I said, on this moment for almost four years what did you imagine what this moment might look like? Uh, and, 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 you know, obviously the pandemic notwithstanding, nobody could have seen that coming. But when you when you would think about this over the last you know almost four years, what did you think this moment was going to look like and feel like? You know, I, until I didn't think we were going to get to this point. I thought surely he would be impeached. I thought we would. I, I just thought we'd be in a really different situation if if things had gone the way that they should have. Um, if things had not been so corrupted by the Republican Party um, and all the Trump enabling and cronyism and all of that. So it's only you know in this past year that I've really even real you know thought pictured this because I I just thought he'd be gone by now. Um, and you, same with you? Yeah, no, I, I remember yeah. reading a number of think pieces early on that were like, okay, well, certainly he won't get past this point, and, and this would be a tripwire, and there's absolutely no way that the Republicans in the Senate would allow this thing to happen. And just it, it just kept barreling over uh, every single one of those until we started to realize that there was no adult in the room, right? There was right. nobody ultimately was going to save us from this moment except ourselves. And that was a very sobering moment, right? Yeah, I mean— who said it? We're the ones we've been waiting for. Barack Obama. Yeah. And we are. So here we are. And, you know, I guess in the past year, I I kind of pictured it to be like this, you know, just extremely hard work and a lot of anxiety because basically, I don't know, our whole country, the planet, our democracy, 
safety, our, our kids' futures, everything is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> so, just just um, that, yeah. yeah. I knew it was going to be a big, big deal. Um, the whole pandemic getting thrown in the mix, you know, for an added twist is, is you know, a, a little bit of a different thing. Um, I think um, I was telling you earlier that I delivered a, a misdelivered package to a neighbor and as I was getting ready to knock on that door, I had this flash of knocking on a stranger's door like I was canvassing. And I thought, well, you know, I'm really glad we're not canvassing as hard as this is, but I am just so freaking tired. I don't know if I could be canvassing right now. I'm just so tired. Well, so, you know, I was going to ask you about that because I think there are upsides and downsides to the way that this is all shaking out. I mean, obviously, we know that, that canvassing is the gold standard, and that is the one thing that I think uh, really made the difference in 2018. But I yeah. think through doing the phone banking, through doing the, the, uh, the, the, the text banking, through doing the postcard writing, the letter writing, all those things there have been upsides to that I think I think so too and you know like in a lot of ways this pandemic has really brought out some incredible creativity um, and so I you know it, it'll be interesting to see the books and studies um, that were written on it and uh, speaking of uh, postcards I just want to shout out to our indivisible Washington's eighth district team for writing over 38,000 postcards and letters in the last six months. So thank you, team, for doing that. Oh, my God. Honestly, I have the the level of output that I have seen and the level of dedication has been beyond anything that I, I, I could have possibly imagined. Well, actually, that's wrong. I take that back. I absolutely could have imagined it. And I, I shouldn't be surprised because, you know, the group of people that you have put together, um, it, it is one of the most extraordinary groups of activists that, that I ever could have imagined working with. Yeah, we. I, th- I think we've exceeded a lot of our own expectations. I think I certainly have. And, you know, one yeah. of the things that I think was interesting about the, the phone banking is that it allowed us to have a reach nationally, right, yeah. in, a, in a way that we maybe couldn't have necessarily and in, and in greater volume. Yes. And I remember talking like last summer about my plans and others' plans for this time. And I fully expected to be on the ground in a, in a, um, one of the battle. We talked about this. We were going to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, some Arizona, somewhere, Kentucky, we even talked about that at one point. Um, but yeah, it's sort of leveled the playing field so that we can all really just jump in and help. We've been um, calling Arizona for the past nine Saturdays in a row, and I am so hopeful that that, that will flip tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one of the, the states that absolutely has to go, and it's a, given us the opportunity to really uh, make a meaningful contribution there, I think. Um, yeah. I listened back in preparation for this. I listened back to our very first show. Um, which was released, you guys, on January 30th, 2017, which is a billion years ago. A billion. Um, first of all, first of all, I, 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 it was, I was way more energetic in the intro. Like, whoa, who's, who's this guy? You know, t- t- tone it down, Tiger. Um, but also, you said, you said something very interesting, which was before Trump was elected, you used to follow politics like a sport. How do you think about your personal evolution over the last almost four years? Yeah, I mean, like so many things that I said back then, not even realizing what a point of privilege I was speaking of that. I mean, it must be nice for me to just throw it like a sport when other people are 
you know, fighting for their very lives and against discrimination and their whole lives. And so it's with, you know, some humility that I think about that because um, it's people's lives on the line. We've been fighting for people's lives. And, um, you know, it just, it can't be like a sport. It, it, this is our country. This is, this is our nation. This is our community. I mean, this is our planet. These are our neighbors. And, um, you know, gone are the days where we can just sit back and watch those people in DC do whatever it is they do. Um, and we, I think we really need to take this in and keep keep engaged. Hopefully, not to the level that we've been at, um, but we really it's it's been a crash course in civics. That's for sure. A crash course in civics and one that uh, really, if we do a little education reform, we shouldn't have had to have. But uh, that, I suppose, is a that's a different discussion. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk about the group because a lot of people are watching right now who are in the group. Um, and by the way, you guys, I, I love you all dearly. Seriously, you you people are like family. Um, how in your mind has the group evolved over the years? And I you know I remember the very and we'll talk about uh, Reichert uh, in depth here in just a moment. But I remember the first time that you and I met in in the parking lot at, at uh, you know Dave Reichert's office. Um, and I think about the evolution of the group. From that time, and I, I wonder. First of all, what were what were your expectations? Do you, do you recall what your expectations might have been when you started that group all the way back then? Yeah, I remember. Like, I had some notion, I suppose, of what a face group, Facebook group was, but I certainly wasn't part of any. I had never, <laughs> let alone, created one. And I remember um, just creating one. And my sister, I think. Many people have heard the story. My sister lives in Oregon, and she was the first member of the group. And I just wanted to, does this work? Can you see this? You know? And so I was talking with her over the first week, you know, when I had put it out there. And I go, gosh, what if nobody joins? And then, like, over the the days, you know, 10 people joined, 42 people joined, 180, 500, 1,000. I mean, it was just... It was just mind blowing how it happened, and just I just kind of sit back and um, to the incredible. Uh, I just look at the incredible generosity of not only you know monetarily of what people have given, but of their time and their spirit and their talent and anything we need, it's done. Yeah, and so that has really been a key to our success and. Uh, I'm just forever grateful to everyone for being part of this. And one thing that I definitely did not expect was the community that we created. And, you know, being an activist is a lonely thing. A lot of our families think we're freaking crazy. You know, you've given up your whole life. What are you doing? Oh, I feel so sorry for you. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you because you don't care and you're not doing anything about this. I mean, And so the people that we are in this group with, um, we understand what it's like. So, yeah, it is like a family. I mean, it's beyond community. And we have we, we've seen children born. You know, we, we've seen people come into the fold and, and really sort of grow um, our our you know, our, our collective power. Uh, it's, it's been a, a remarkable thing, just a remarkable yeah. thing to observe. At yeah. what point did you 
because it's undeniable that the group is a nationally recognized force, as I said in the intro. At what point did you start to recognize that that was the case? I think it must be when I started to see the heli- the news helicopters fly over our events. Um, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I remember saying to Stephen Wilhelm one time, um, the helicopters keep following us to all of our things. Um, and um, that was definitely part of it. Um, and then just seeing the, the people coming out of the woodwork to help. Um, and the fact that we were very quickly on Dave Reichert's radar. There, was... there you go. Okay, thank you. You provided me with the uh, the transition that I was looking for, the segue. Um, so okay. most people know that your group flipped your congressional district blue. Uh, the first part was uh, playing a major role in Republican 8th District Congressman Dave Reichert's retirement. And again, yeah. that's, as I said, where we first met, the pressure points were many along the way. In your mind, talk about some of the key pressure points that we applied as a group that you thought were most effective. Yeah, well, the first probably most important thing to recognize is it wasn't just our group, but it was a coalition of groups across the 8th District. Um, And we just swarmed together, got organized, and we were applying pressure to Dave Reichert from every corner of the district everywhere and i think that was really critical for him to see that it wasn't just you know us liberal people in issaquah you know yeah we have people in ellensburg wenatchee you know all those people out there yeah yeah and so i think i really think that was part of it and he you know it didn't matter what issue it was whether it was the affordable care act which we got him to vote against the repeal finally um the affordable care act the tax um the tax issue you know you name it it's all a blur to me now but we were just there on every single issue and we were there at every single very handful few <laughs> public appearance that he made and you know we had pressured him to do town halls and everyone probably remembers that 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 farce town hall he did on channel nine we had a whole you know strategy with that too and i remember just floating him it was a face it was on facebook and it was like all those mad emojis over and over and over and over, <laughs> floating all over and i mean we just had a, we just we were there every single time. And I think he just realized that we were not going to go anywhere. You know, I was reflecting on this and ultimately what we were asking for was accountability. And that was too much for him, I think. And I, and I, I still find that fact to be shocking that somebody who ran to be a representative was ultimately, I think at the end of the day, afraid of accountability. Well, he's not the only elected official that um, doesn't feel accountable to his constituents, that's for sure. But you're right. Um, that's all he wanted was for him to be accountable. And he, no, he did not like that one bit. It did not agree with his whole paternalistic feeling. How dare we question him, right. you know? Um, so, yeah, that's all we wanted was um, him to be accountable to his constituents. And you're right. It was too much. Were you surprised when he announced his retirement? Yeah, I was shocked. I remember that day. I think I was homesick with a cold and my phone blew up and I said, what is going on here? And, you know, I was pretty reluctant to take, you know, the credit for that because he, you know, he'd been in six terms or something like that. And I remember him talking about wanting to go fishing and stuff like that. And, um, 
but he himself started giving us credit even recently um you know maybe a couple months ago he was gave some interview and he said and then the indivisibles rose up <laughs> so proud no, so it, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, obviously, the shit still keeps him up at night. You know, <laughs> I think he's still haunted by us. Well, welcome to the party. We are too. So. Yeah, I was gonna say we were haunted by your lack of accountability, dude. So there you yeah. go. It goes both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, in 2018, the group worked to turn a purple to red district blue. I won't ask you to run down everything that happened, but you know, what what were your what were some of your 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 favorite moments of that process? I think my favorite m- moment was waking up um 2 years ago this morning, like the day before election day. And I remember waking up in the dark. I had to go to work, but I was supposed to go um sign waving in the dark in the rain and I just laid in bed and I thought I have done everything. I've left it all out on the field. Yeah. I have literally done everything. And that feeling is something that each and every one of us, all of you that are watching, you should all feel it right now because over the span of these three and three quarters years, you have done enough. Um, and no matter what the outcome is tomorrow, you, you can have peace in knowing that you have done a lot and um, we've done it together. I really appreciate you saying that because I know I'm not the only one who feels like I have been doing everything in my power and it doesn't feel enough to meet the moment. And, and I would absolutely underscore what you're saying uh, and reiterate, you know, yeah. what, what you have done, what you have brought to this is enough. And we thank you. Uh, actually, Kayla says, uh, Chris and I ending up in a ditch canvassing that last weekend before the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Kayla came up here from California. Um, she had just moved down here, down there, but she wanted to help us flip the eighth you know? And, uh, so she came back up to canvas that final weekend. I was backing down some nightmare drive driveway in uh, whatever that Miramont. And, um, I was just talking, talking, talking about the candidates, making sure she was all prepped for her next door. And all of a sudden my car is in the ditch. (laughs) And so, while we waited, the people in the house that we had just canvassed drove us around to the rest of our list. Um, so that was also one of my favorite moments of 2018. That was really, really cool. Are there any other moments that, and there have been so many, uh, honestly, and and if anybody's inclined, you can just go back through the feed on Indivisible Washington's 8th and just kind of look at, and it you know, goes back all the way, and you can kind of see all the things that we've done together. Anything else that uh, that, that pops to mind as, as just like either uh, emotional moments, pivotal moments, key moments in your mind over the last almost four years? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the the night that we did, there's just so many, but another one that sticks out to me was when we um, rallied um, against Howard Schultz um, for his third party candidacy. <laughs> he wasn't very happy about that either. And that was another one of those moments where the, the news helicopters were there. So I drove downtown after work and... Um, <laughs> I, I go around this corner and there are a million police officers and police barricades and helicopters flying overhead. And I was like, I did this. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But 
the I think the thing that means the most to me is just the team that we put together. And I'm just so grateful for all, all of the work, just incredible work. Um, and the gifts that people bring um, is just amazing. Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I could not imagine having made it through these last almost four years uh, without everybody um, who has been part of this this family. So what was one of your moments? Oh my God! There have been so many. I mean, I, 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 I really, I, I feel like um, just the, the collaborations. I think have been my favorite part. Uh, the collaborating on the town hall series, collaborating on the my vote my voice, uh, collaborating on the the Howard Schultz rally, collaborating on the. Um, uh, nobody is above the law uh, rally. Yeah, the uh, the border to border with love, where we took a sign yeah. uh, to, to to defund ICE and CPB. We took a uh, it was it was a banner that Cat Pipkin had printed up, and uh, we drove it from the Canadian border and got signed by indivisible groups all the way down to to San Diego. Um, there are photos all along the way. Um, yeah, that was a huge highlight. And then, and of course, getting to, you know, getting, getting to travel. You know, we went to, to Minneapolis together, went to, to D.C. together, and we met people from all over the country who share yeah. our values. Oh, my God. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, we could have really felt alone through all this, but there was something about, and this is why I would always talk about with the team, like, we're just like a, a few small water drops creating like a little mud puddle here. But if you join us with the rest of the thousands of groups across the country, we have a, a, a mud puddle creating a pond, creating a lake, creating an ocean, creating a tidal wave that's going all the way to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. And that is, I mean, this is a being an activist, as I said, is kind of lonely. But if you think about it like that, there are people doing what we're doing and feeling what we're thinking, feeling all around the country, all over the country. Um, and that is an amazing feeling. It's the best feeling uh, because I think, yeah, you, not only being an activist, but also feeling oftentimes like all of these, all of this insane shit has been happening over the last four years. And you think, am I the only person who's noticing this? I can't possibly be the only person who's noticing this. And then to have fellow activists, not only locally, but all over the country, affirming that and saying, you're not crazy. No. And we're going to we're going to work together to fight this is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kept me sane for sure. One of my other favorites was when, you know, we worked so hard to get Kim Schreier into that seat. Yeah. And then we pressured her so much um, as a pediatrician and a, a Spanish speaker so that she would go, you know, see those kids at the border. And she did. And, she did. and I remember I remember her calling me and I think she called you too, Stefan, right? And said, what do you want me to particularly check out? And that is constituent advocacy in motion right there. Yeah. So I want to talk about some scenarios and we'll just we're, we're just going to talk about the tough one first and we don't have to get too uh, in, in depth on this um, if we don't win if things do not go our way if we lose either the the White House or the Senate or God forbid both yeah. indivisible <laughs> continues to play defense does it change substantially in your mind I think we'll use a lot of the same plays um, I think that we will need to figure out a way um, I'm not sure what the answer is yet um, to re-energize ourselves because if one or heaven forbid both of those things come to play, it's it's going to be really devastating to everyone. Yeah. And we will need to figure out how to find our energy um, again. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, even even if that does happen through some cheating or some some horrible circumstance, we can use the same plays to slow the damage, just like we've done this whole time. I mean, literally the only legislative accomplishment of this GOP is that tax bill um, and the judges, but I don't want to talk about that. No, no, <laughs> but I mean, no. <laughs> legislatively, we stopped everything else and, you know, we'll probably have the House, so that was definitely helped. But remember, we are playing, we constituents were the only defense and we stopped a lot. We stopped, the, we stopped them from shutting down the ACA. So we will do stuff like that again. I sincerely hope for all of our sake, it, it doesn't turn out like that though. Well, I do too. So let's just say when we win tomorrow, let's just, just go ahead and say it. Um, the goal becomes democracy reform, right? Yeah. What do you see as the day one agenda? We have to codify into law the things that will stop this from happening again. This is not what the founders intended, what's been happening. We should. We are uh, 50 states that are being held hostage by just a few and by big money. So we need to codify into law some of these, the, the presidential uh, candidate tax, uh, tax returns too. So some of these egregious horrible things that have just been blown wide open by Trump. We need to uh, codify those things into law. Then we need to untame one. I hope that um, Biden has them all ready to go when he walks into that office after spraying it down with Lysol. He will get out his pen and he will sign executive orders to reverse all of Donald Trump's horrible executive orders on day one. I hope he does that too. Um, and then we need to work on some of these really hard things that we're going to need to fix. And that is, you know, the filibuster yep. that's adding um, states for D.C. and Puerto Rico if they want it. Um, and that is expanding and just fixing what they have done to the court. Yep. And don't forget that we all need to stay engaged. We cannot go back to sleep again like we did in Obama times. We, we need to stay on guard so that they can never do this to our country again. Do you worry about that? Do you, do you worry yeah. about uh, us becoming less engaged? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned as a country, certainly, yeah. and that, that is that that is a worry. But I mean, in terms of indivisible, in terms of the, the level of activism that we're doing right now, do you worry that, that we run the risk of becoming less engaged if we win? Well, of course. I mean, and some of it's natural. I mean, we can't, we just can't continue like this. I mean, I have basically given my whole life to this movement. Any spare time that I have, same with you, same with so many others. I just don't ever think that we thought it was a forever thing. And it, I don't know if it can be. And so we're going to have to figure out how to be smarter um, and put systems in place to where we don't have to work so hard. Um, you know, uh, we need better tools and systems. I think the, the inner Microsoft geek is coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we're going to need some better tools to, to be able to stay in this for the long haul. I agree. And I also think it'll be nice. And Obama was saying this the other day to not have to think about the president. He said, wouldn't it be nice to wake up and not have to think about the president every day telling you to go inject bleach? I mean, so I think that the 
the level of like the consistent the consistent level of intensity may not be there, but as long as we have the aggregate level of engagement, yeah. I think we're going to be okay, right? Yeah, I think we've learned a ton. We've we've created so such a, a really important and effective network. Um, I don't I don't think that's going anywhere. I really don't. So this is a $64,000 question, <laughs> and this is a hell of a time for me to be asking you this because we're in the 11th hour of the, yeah, it's it's whatever metaphor I can throw at, at this. Um, would you still have taken all this on if you knew how much work it was going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, when I think about the upside and all the people that I've met and the experiences I've gained and just, just some of that is worth way more than $64,000 by far. Um, but it's been like, when I stepped forward to start a group, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And every day I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> I, this, this microphone right here had no idea how many hours I'd be spending behind this baby. I don't regret any of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I would have taken it on either, but I'm, I, I'm exceptionally glad that you did. Um, and I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor here to do what you do best, um, which is to basically give, give the closing argument here. Tell us why what we have done matters and what it's going to take to get through tomorrow and then onward to do the work that we need to do. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I've been saying this whole time is that we are on the right side of history. And that is something that normally helps me sleep at night. And so whenever you run up against a... Uh, a, one of those people when you're out sign waving or phone banking, just let it roll off because you can know and be proud that you are on the right side of history. And our, our kids and grandkids will know. And when the history books are written about this, we will never have to say, wow, what would I have done? We'll know when we have the pictures <laughs> and the podcasts to show what we did. So be proud of everything you've done. We just have a little bit longer, not sure exactly, you know, how long it'll be before we know the outcome of tomorrow. Um, I don't, I, it, it's very possible that we won't know tomorrow um, as much as we want to. So just, you know, try to set your expectations accordingly, you know, have, have hope, but try to have neutral ex expectations. That's that's how I'm kind of trying to get through this. Um, and we'll get through this together, lean on each other. Um, if, if things don't go well in terms of how Trump behaves, we're gonna, we're gonna combat that too. Um, so there are a lot of different plans that are happening, um, strikes and people hitting the streets safely um, and uh, a bunch of other things. So let's just take it one day at a time and it's just one more day. And um, I just want to give my ex extreme gratitude to everyone who has been in this fight with us for this long and to you, Stefan, and to everyone on our team and around the state and around the country. Thank you so much. Um, it, it has been an honor uh, to serve 
the people of this state uh, and uh, the progressive community that has grown up uh, around this movement. Um, it has been an honor to work shoulder to shoulder with you. Um, and just thank you for everything. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your leadership. And, and, and really, most importantly, thank you for your friendship. Thank you, too. Thank you. All right, guys. We're going to sign off. We got this. All right. Big hugs to everyone. Big hugs. Light, light, yeah. light your candles if you got them. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I, I was going to put together a speech of my own to close the show, but I don't think I'm going to do any better than what Chris just said. So uh, as we head off into tonight, I want to give some thanks to some people. First, thank you to Kat Pipkin for your partnership, your friendship, and your almost preternatural ability to just get things done. Thanks also to Julian Jeevsky for your support of me and this show and for your tireless work on the Town Hall series. Thank you to Will Casey, Chris Franco, Shasti Conrad, Maggie Cuevas, Annie Lafzali, Rituja Indipore, Aaron Albanese, Charlotte Gittleman, Madison Pate, Catherine Fysiers, Emily Phelps, Kenny Palmer, Emily Reyes, and just a million other people who have helped on this show over the years. You know who you are and I just, I thank you. Uh, thanks especially to everybody in Indivisible Washington's 8th District for giving me the energy and inspiration that I have needed to keep going, even when I didn't think that I could. And, and really for being my extended family. I love you all. Uh, thanks also to all the incredible leaders in the Washington Indivisible Network. And then finally, a few very special Thank yous. Uh, thank you to my mom for inspiring me every day with your tireless work and advocacy, uh, with your compassion, your idealism, and, uh, you know, also for coming with me on that first day when we went to Rikert's parking lot back in January of 2017. Who knew that would all lead to this? Uh, but also, you know, thank you for teaching me that the world should be a fair place because that has driven pretty much every action I've taken over the last four years. And then, of course, thank you to my extraordinary wife, Lori Colwell, who has given so much during this process, uh, given so much of herself, um, your wise counsel, your, your time and energy, the, the website, thank you for that, uh, the space to do this show, uh, a willingness to help me work on the wording of a particularly difficult question for longer than anybody ever should have to, uh, but especially thank you for being the person that I get to go through life with. And then last but not least, I want to thank all of you my listeners, thank you for your time, for your feedback, and especially thank you for your commitment and for your work. And that'll do it. Uh, this show is off for the rest of the week, or that's the plan anyway. Either way, we will see you on the other side. Take good care.